Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Welcome to the show. It's Straight Talk with Joe. Hello, everybody. This is Keith. And we're back with another episode of Straight Talk with Joe. And I am accompanied by the lovely Miss Monique. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, Monique. Uh, we are here. <laughs> and we're starting the first part of our series. But before we get into that, I, I do want to give a shout-out to Joe. I'll ask that you guys keep him in prayer. Um, he is uh, he had a family emergency, and we just ask that you keep him in prayer and lift his family up. And uh, today's show, it's uh, the first part of our sex worship series. And the first part is called, What's the Issue with Sex? Um, And it's something that is really taking a hold of society. And before we go any further, I just want to say a quick prayer for guidance tonight. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for another chance to talk about the things of you and your righteousness and your glory. We ask that we just have a great show. And uh, if anyone feels led to call, have them call in and share some wisdom with us and some godly word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So, (laughs) we live in a sexually charged society with boundaries becoming erased every day. Um, Movies, music, social media seem to all have, like, sexual messages. Marriages are ruined because of this. People are murdered over this. Children are being introduced uh, to sex at young ages. All fingers point to what I like to call sex god. Uh, Sex god is a false god created by man for the purpose of pure enjoyment, at the same time destroying the lives of the parties involved. Sex god knows no limits and only cares about pleasing the flesh by any means. Sex god can alter your perception of reality or even worse, love. And we're going to dig a little bit into this tonight. I have a verse here I would love to read. Uh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20, and it says, Run from sexual sin. This is the NLT. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who gives, who, excuse me, who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do, not, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. And the first question we're going to talk about is, the overall theme is what's the issue with sex, but... 
I'm going to get a little personal. I don't know if you want to answer this or not, Monique. It's a quick question, but can you can you recall the first sexual experience that you had, if any, and uh, how did it change you afterwards? And I'll answer um, after you're done. If you want me to go first, I'll answer it. I can go first. Um, my uh, When I lost my virginity, um. It was out of a place of brokenness. I had been, me and my boyfriend had been saving ourselves for uh, many, many years. I was 21 years old. And um, we, our whole plan was to save ourselves until we got married. Um, but I had lost my grandfather and I was just in a really dark place. And so the night before his funeral, we we did it, um, and it mm. was just really out of a place of of brokenness. Um, and then once I lost it, I was like, "Well, I already lost it, so you know, right. there's no. I'm just gonna keep going because there's not. I mean, I already <laughs> lost it, and and you know, obviously, I wasn't. I didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord at that time, and so. To me, it was like, okay, well, that was that. So let's, you know, what am I going to wait now again after I waited 21 years? And so that began a journey uh, down a very long road of um, extreme promiscuity. Mm. So afterwards, you, you, so you didn't feel like a conviction or anything afterwards. It's just like, I'm just going to keep going. Um, and that's because you really didn't have that relationship with the Lord. That's, that's interesting. Did, how did it change you physically or mentally after that? Like, did you look at things differently? Did, did you crave more of it or? Oh yeah, absolutely. I want it. Yeah. After you have it, like you want it like all the time. Mm mm-hmm especially, you know, being yeah. in your 20s, all the hormones you're going. And so, um, yeah, and I didn't feel conviction for it because I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. So um, it was just like something that I had. And I had, per- honestly, I was holding off until marriage. That was a personal choice. It wasn't a religious choice of mine. It wasn't because of God that I was doing that. It was just something I had always wanted to do since I was little. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I did that. Um but once it was, once I did it, I did it. So understood. And I wanted, and I wanted more. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's that's interesting. My my story is a little different than that because I did grow up in a Christian home, and um, it was very pushed that we should wait for marriage, and you know God's not going to be pleased if we lost our virginity and things like that, and. With me, to be completely honest, <laughs> my first sexual experience was like a dare. It was like, uh, like I bet you can't do this type deal. And I remember taking it, and I did it somewhat. Um, afterwards, how did it change me? Um. 
I don't know if it changed me dramatically. I think it wasn't until years later when I went to school where I really started to get into it. But, you know, that first experience, I remember being pressured into doing it because I was, you know, a very shy guy. Um, and the fact that it was coming at me, I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. You know, and not to throw my cousins under a bus, but I was peer pressure by them as well. And, you know, friends and my friends are losing it at school and, and I wasn't losing it at school. I wasn't that popular. So it was like, okay, when is it going to happen for me? And uh, I knew it was wrong. But I wanted to fit in more. I, re- I remember feeling like that. I said, well, this is, you know, I want to do this a little bit more. And, uh, but after I got to school and college, I remember it, it really changed me because that was like the norm. And I remember losing hope, also believing that, well, everyone does it, you know, this is like the impossible sin to accomplish. Or this is the po- the most possible thing to accomplish, and you it's impossible to remain a virgin until you're married. That that completely cannot happen in today's life, and I re- and I bought into that. Um, and it, it's a lie. If anyone's listening to this and they have not lost their virginity, that's a, it's a flat out lie. You can wait, and it's the Lord's will for you to wait until you're married to lose your virginity. And have your husband be there, be that first, or that wife to be that first. It's not some random person that you might never, ever see again. That's so far from the will of the Lord. Uh, And I guess what made me keep doing it, um, obviously, like Wendy said, I enjoyed it. (laughs) So I kept doing it. Um, but I do remember feeling bad about it afterwards every, almost every single time because I was like, man, this is not right. This is not right. I just had strong conviction. But after I feel bad about it, I would just go right back to doing it. Then I feel bad about it, and then I go right back into doing it. And it was like a cycle for that, for, like that for years. But that's why we have the word of God to to stand on as, as that righteousness because if we do hold out and don't cash in our chips, I believe the reward will be very great. Um, Let me see. Here we go. So I have another question. When when would you introduce – oh, and please, we invite you guys to call in and talk to us at uh, 516-387-1427. 516-387-1427. And I have another question, Monique. Uh, Go for it. Here we go. I'm pulling it up. When were you, in- first, when were you introduced to sex God? So we know that you lost it and due to your grandfather passing. Uh, but when did you become, like, immersed in it and it was, like, a thing to always do. It was like the norm for you. Like, when do you recall Uh, that? I would say when I graduated, um, not when I graduated, um, when I went to college. Yeah. So college is when I went to college, it was like, 
nonstop because I had broken up with my long-term boyfriend. So I was single and I was going out and I was getting drunk and waking up and not knowing where I'm at or where my clothes were or who the person was next to me. I mean, it was so bad. Yeah, I could relate. It was really bad. I could definitely relate. <laughs> I could definitely relate. College was like that for me too. Um, you go to college, your parents aren't there anymore. You're open up to all these new things. And I went to school in a very small town in New Jersey. And it was it was different than my college experience. Because the women were way more advanced in college. You're, it, they cut to the punch. You know, uh, they did. It, it was a lot less red tape. And I had to adjust because I'm coming from a small town. I'm like, hey, I could get to, do, get to know a girl and maybe we could be together and all these other things. But every time I did that, I would end up playing myself according to the world standards. Like uh, girls would leave me hanging and I would get let down or they would two-time me. So I bought into, hey, you either play or get played. So the same thing with me. I started talking to different girls. I started getting into lifestyles that didn't belong to me. I began lying Again, pretending like I was a nice guy, but messing with random women and, you know, nothing ever came with the relationships. And it was, it was, it was pretty bad now that I sit back and think about it. Uh, and those of you that are in college right now, I, I will advise you if you are out here and you're a Christian and you're saved, I would really advise you to stop what you're doing and turn to Christ and repent for your sins because sex God only wants more sex. It's very hard to stop if you keep entertaining it and it will consume you if you're not careful. And ultimately it will cost you your life because you can't make it into heaven fornicating every single day. You have to have a repentant heart and turn to Christ because these situations will affect you in the long run. There's multiple statistics of broken families and homes and different blended families, and originally that's not what God had in mind. We should be trying to be more like Christ and less like the world. But the world is always feeding sex into our lives. Uh, I, I don't know what's up with that. I, I really can't figure that one out, though. Can you, like, can, do you know why sex is always something in the, the news? It's always something about sex. Do you know why that is? Um, in the news or in the media? News, well, let's go media. That's what everybody seems to be on social media. It's it's all about sex or what someone's wearing or this sex tape or this Instagram model with nothing on. Why is it always sexually driven? Honestly, I believe it's because we 
allow it to be. We entertain it. Um, mm-hmm. It's. I believe it's something that's just so everyone, it sparks everyone's attention, right? Everyone in some way, shape, or form, right, is curious about Mm it, especially when you're younger. You're curious, and if you don't have a moral compass or if you don't have the Lord, right, then it's very easy to get sucked up into what culture telling you. And, you know, our culture nowadays is telling you the less you show, the more Instagram followers you're going to have. Um, the, you know, I know girls who are making a living off, off of just their pictures on Instagram, them, you know, just showing their, their bodies. Like, that's how much they're worth. Like, they're just worth their bodies. And, you know, it's all fun in games until later on you wonder like wait a minute like I'm so much more than that I've I've got dreams I have gifts I have uh, talents I have you know something greater I'd love to do than just my body because what's going to happen when you turn 50 years old like you're not going to be sexy forever absolutely um but I I believe that our culture is the way it is because we allow it to be. If we took a stand, a real strong stance, and said, you know, I'm not going to entertain these um, pictures or these videos or pay into uh, these women or men who are making a living off of sex, if the only reason why they're are people doing this is because there's a high demand for it. Mm. And it'll only stop when the demand stops. You know, it'll only lessen when the demand lessens. But it starts with us. And if, you know, we're over there uh, encouraging them and, you know, however that may be, then, you know, it's even, you know, watching on TV nowadays, like, I remember growing up, and I'm not that old, like, they did not show sex scenes on television. That was Mm -hmm. not, you know, you didn't see nudity on television. But we as a culture are allowing that now. I feel like we're allowing so many things. I wonder what kind of life, if I ever have children, what kind of society are they going to be living in are people just going to be nudist at that point will there not even be clothing like at that point because that's pretty much what's going on now so what's left you know in 10 years what is television going to look like what the music that we listen to even you know it's all about sex as well as all alluding to sex every everywhere that we turn the advertising is is has sexual innuendos in it, like everything. But I truly believe that if we really stood up and said something, for instance, I'm going to tell you straight up, I am bothered that on my Instagram, when it's like you're just like on the home one or it's like search, and I have these people popping up in my feed who I've never gone on their site before, and they're like naked, half-naked, seductive poses. I'm just like, why is this even something that I'm seeing? Like, is there something I can do to, like, 
block this. Like, I don't want to see this. And that just makes me think. There's teenagers on Instagram. And if I'm not looking at pictures like that and it's coming through on my Instagram, then what are these teenagers saying? Mm, like, mm-mm. we need to take a stand. Because if we don't take a stand, oh, yeah. then society is going to continue to shape what it is that we see because we're not doing anything about it. What do you I think? Agree 100%. I, I agree 100%. I agree 100,000% that we, especially the body of Christ, has to be that stand. We have to be that light and that salt to say, listen, this is wrong. We're not going to let our kids watch this programming. We're not going to let our kids be on Instagram. We're not going to let our kids be on Facebook because they're being exposed to this stuff. And sex God, who is really Satan behind all of this stuff, is is promoting. It's not even marriage. It's just sex, and kids want the sex, but fear the marriage. Even older adults want the sex but fear the marriage. And because they know that requires commitment and, and change and sacrifice, but we're being groomed to say, forget that. Let me just get the goods up front. And I think you have a great point, Monique, and that's one of the many ways that Satan has perverted sex because it's now like a standard for marriage. We're supposed to, Build the commitment. It took me a long time to get this lesson because we're supposed to build the commitment, build a relationship, a spiritual one, and rely on Christ to be the glue for the marriage. Instead, we're worried about how this person looks or, hey, can you do this well in this? Have you ever done this? And how about we do that? Or I'm going to do this. So you're building up to the sex. And it's not building up to the kingdom, and that's a that's a problem. Satan has taken sex and uh, repackaged it and called it love, and that's not true. You know, just because you have sex with someone repeatedly all the time doesn't mean you love them. It doesn't mean he loves you or she loves you. But that's what we're seeing every day. And this great thing you brought up Instagram and Facebook, I remember a while back, I had them follow a few people because I remember one, one friend of mine or associate or what have you, they would keep posting those memes you're talking about, and it would be like one of those humor sex memes. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But if you go and look at the entire feed of posts that they've done, that's all they posted. And I'm like, what is this? And I, I just didn't understand. But that's what we're dealing with today, a sexually driven society. And I heard a quote one time. It says, sex is like fire. Uh, in a fireplace, it's nice and warm. It'll keep you safe and it'll keep you, you, you know, cozy. But outside the fireplace, it'll destroy everything. And And that's what sex is doing. If it's not contained, and God made the containment, which is marriage. If you are listening to this, and you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you're in a relationship with them, and you guys have had sex or having sex, and you're both Christians, the Lord will have you to get married. 
abstain from what you're doing because you're ruining your relationship with God. And, and I know people try to make exceptions for their relationship, but that's not in the will of God. The, the word of God doesn't change to your needs or your exceptions. And uh, I, I really don't know who adopted this test before you buy deal. It's mm. uh, really not of God, you know. Uh, I have to sleep with her and see how she is before we get married. And that's such a short-term way of thinking because how do you know something might happen after you're married which, which prevents you guys from having sex in the first place? When you think this way, you make errors in your walk with God. But if you have your mind set on Jesus and you love someone the way it's truly – if you love someone the way Christ loves, which is real, true love, then sex becomes uh, something that you do to bring you guys closer. It's not something you do to get satisfaction and like, aha, I'm done. Okay, I'm done. All right, I got what I wanted. I'm good. I, I can move on, and I'll do it again in a couple hours. So that it's it's so self gratifying now, and it's meant to to bring a bond between you and someone close. It's cleaving, making of one flesh. I've I've cleaved to too much, and the Lord is showing me and pruning me now uh, that that's not the way. But you know what, Monique? We can talk about this for another two hours. But I, I, I don't know. How do you do? You think people really listen and say, you know what? I'm gonna stop. Or do you think people buy into the I can't stop? What do you think? Oh, both, both. You know, <laughs> I think there's a time when people they get convicted and they say, you know. I can stop. And then I would say the majority is saying I can't. I just, I want Mm. to, but I can't, I can't. And I mean, this has caused so many um, broken relationships, you know, because maybe someone, I mean, we see it in relationships, um, marriages, they, they weren't giving me enough attention, and so they went somewhere else, and then they they ended up sleeping with someone else because they wanted the attention. And it's, it's exactly mm-hmm. what you said. It's all so selfish. And mm-hmm. the word mm-hmm. tells us what love is, what love is. Love is not about you. Love is a verb. Love is laying down your life for someone else. And so when you're just like, I got to have it, I got to have it, and I'm going to do, I'm going to get mine, you know, she isn't going to give it to me or he isn't going to give it to me, I'm going to go get it anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're willing to break a relationship over that. Really, when you think about it and you take a step back, what kind of a person are you? Mm. You're selfish. You are selfish because... Just because your husband or wife or boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, is is out of town, and I'm not saying with your boyfriend, girlfriend, I'm saying if you're just, you know, with the attention thing. But if you're married and you're not feeling any attention and you go and get it somewhere else, 
mm-hmm. it's just it's not about you. That's the other thing is sex is not about you. Sex is about giving. You're giving yourself to someone else and someone else is giving their self to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's all about giving. And so when people, people have, get it twisted, they think it's about them and their gratification, but it, it's about unifying and becoming one. It's, you know, you being able to have a spiritual experience with one another and experience someone yeah. um, on an intimate, deep level. Um, so when that totally is against what sex was created for, so when you just say it's all about you, Right when someone is just being selfish and they're like, I, I'm just going to get mine, it's totally against what sex was created for because sex was created to be mutually enjoyed. Sex wasn't created for recreation. Sex was created mm. so that they could come together and, and multiply so there, there could be this amazing intimate relationship with a person. And if you're just thinking with one person, you know, Jack tonight and Tyrone tomorrow and Reggie, you know, in the afternoon or whatever it is, how is mm-hmm. that coming into deep relationship with another, with one another and giving with one another? Because clearly when people are doing that, it's it's a total fleshy thing. And, and you're just being, and I, I totally agree. It's like, I truly feel like a spirit. It's a spirit. It's a spirit of lust that comes within you. Um, that causes blindness in you where you just become this total selfish person that doesn't care about anybody else but yourself. Mm. That's good. That's good. It's, when you were talking, I was writing down some notes, and I was thinking there's nothing worse than having sex with someone and it's driving you guys apart. There's nothing worse than having sex with someone and it's driving you apart. I don't know about you, but I've I've definitely been in those situations where I've had sex with a girl and it was we were so far. Our bodies were close, but our spirits were far apart. It was the worst feeling. It was literally just for enjoyment at that point. It wasn't bringing us close together. I mean, it was all wrong mm-hmm. anyway. But I wanted to read this scripture, 1 Corinthians 13. Verses 4 to 7, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of bearing, uh, excuse me, being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I I know this love is, is definitely a gift from the Lord. It's not stars aligning and butterflies in the stomach and this person looks good and every time I talk to them it's funny. That's not love. That's feelings. Love is a choice that God gives us, and God and the Holy Spirit works through us to fulfill what true love is. Because all these, uh, uh, you probably agree with me, Monique. A lot of these things are hard. 
But if you give yourself over to Christ, the Holy Spirit will teach you what patience is. He'll say, hey, don't, don't boast about your love. Why don't y'all keep this low? Be graceful with your love. Don't give up on her. Don't give up on him. He needs you. She needs you. Don't mm-hmm. lose. Don't, don't quit on this relationship. Don't divorce her. Don't leave this family. Real love stays when it gets tough. But if it's based on sex and she's not doing that thing she used to do, that's not love. You, that's just taking your problems, packing them up, and going to somebody else and dumping it off on them. And that, that's not what, we, what the Lord has us to do. That's what sex God brings to the table. He wants you to sin against God and just glorify your own flesh and do whatever it takes to, to, to have a good time. The girl looks good. And, gen- and, and men, I, I'll, I'll let you know this. If you have a lady that you're interested in and she's trying to uh, entice you, it's, it's worth it to stay away, especially if you haven't lost your virginity, if you're, if you're still, you know, uh, a virgin. Stay away. Be the light and say, I am waiting for marriage. I am honoring the Lord. My body is bought with a price. Do not cash in on the temporary high. It's not worth it. It's not worth it because you've given yourself over to sex, God, because you're placing your desires over what the Lord will have you to do. And every time you do that, it blows up. And people are like, oh, well, I've been fine. I'm, I've been having sex with, with my girl for three years, and we both go to church every Sunday and all this other stuff. But what happens if God removes that grace over your lives? Mm. The sex isn't going to keep you all together. And just because y'all getting away with it, quote, unquote, it's still wrong. And you'll have to answer to those things. I mean, we can't you know, be. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to share something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, something that happened to me recently. Um, so there was someone that I had dated and... Um, This person, you know, he and I were very sexually attracted to one another. And, you know, which can be very dangerous. And the thing of it is, you know, it wasn't good for us. As much as, like, we really cared for each other and loved each other, um, even though we had never done anything like that, because the sexual attraction was so strong, Mm-hmm. It was something that was constantly on his mind. And mm. so he would text me and let me know that this was something that, you know, that it was on his mind and, you know, he doesn't see. Uh, he said, you know, if we weren't Christian, then we'd still, you know, be together because, you know, of this whole sex thing because that was the thing. It was just like this isn't healthy. You know, we're like this and we're so sexually charged. But the other thing is, it wasn't like we were walking on the same path together and it's like, okay, well, let's get married. It was like, no, we still have our own growing to do. And so 
you know, at that point, we knew it just wasn't healthy and we had to keep um, a lot of distance between one another because otherwise it was just, you know, it was going to get the best of us at some point if we didn't draw strong boundaries with one another. Mm. You know, and, but at the yeah. same, as, by the same token, I think guys think, you know, when they tell women, oh, baby, you're so sexy, or oh, girl, you look so good in that dress, or this and that. Um, you know, when you speak to a woman like that, um, if she doesn't have a spirit of Jezebel or lust in her and she hears those things, she's going to feel defamed. She's going to feel mm. objectified. She's going to feel sexualized. So I just want to throw that out there for any of the guys that are listening that, you know, women would much rather react. And I'd love for any of you, anyone that's listening to call in and speak to this, but I truly believe that we love to hear things more like, wow, you're so beautiful. Oh, you're just so stunning in that dress. Wow, you look like a queen. You're gorgeous. Well, here's my question. Things like that are better than (laughs) you're so sexy. Dang baby, you know it was kind of okay. Common. I I got a, I got I, I got a scenario for you. Say you okay. like a girl, right? Well, not you, but say I'm inter- interested in a girl. She's got like ten thousand likes or followers or whatever on Instagram or something on Facebook, and I'm interested and I want to talk to her. Now she puts up pictures of herself all the time. And she gets a lot of likes, and guys are always writing these comments. If I'm a man of God, how would I express myself to stand apart from the rest of these guys if she likes those comments about how she looks or her butt or her breasts or whatever? How do, how do, how do we engage that? Should I just turn away and say, this is not of God, let me leave it alone? Or should I say, maybe I should encourage her intellectually? I would say if you're interested in a girl like that, the best thing you can do for her is pray for her. Because Mm, when a woman is in that state of mind, okay, and I'm not saying she's evil, I'm not, because I used to be there, so I get it. But you have a veil over your eyes when you're like that. You don't see. You think this is all great and awesome and you love the attention and you don't care because you've got a hot body and you could give... You know, you just could care less about what other people are saying against what you're doing. But I would have to question, if I had a friend, if you came and said, oh, I really like this chick on Instagram and she has a lot of pictures of her in a bra and a thong or sexy pictures, I would question your spiritual maturity. Because if you really want to have I'm saying you really were a man of God. <laughs> when she has a Bible verse in the bio, well, she, she says, guess, I love God. Guess what? <laughs> guess what? Even the devil even the devil knows the word of God. Amen. That's true. Amen. Even the devil knows the word of God. And, you know, this is the thing. If you really are a man of God, then when you see that, it's going to break your heart. When you see those mm. types of pictures, it's it's you are going to be moved to pray for her, but you mm. won't reach out to her. That's not because 
the Holy Spirit would tell you that that's not your place to do that. You know, um, unless you're her brother or her uncle, that is just, you know, leaves too much room for starting conversation, relationships, you know, and, and it just could lead you down a path. That's dangerous. That's dangerous ground to walk on because it's temptation. And we saw where temptation landed, you know, the first, you know, the first man and woman on earth. Temptation got Mm. them expelled from the Garden of Eden. And so what makes you think that you're immune to temptation? Mm. You know, that's a great, great word. And, And gentlemen, I definitely want to encourage you to take heed to what Monique said because I know, and I'm going to keep it 100. A lot of men are looking for that, especially in today's age. A lot of men are looking for the women with the big, big butt, voluptuous body, great makeup, long hair. A lot of men are looking for that, and they they hope that she's in Christ, or they'll wait for her to be in Christ, genuinely, or they'll probably try to date her and make her in Christ. It's the greater prize, though. A great-looking woman or a woman of God that's sincere to his word and will abide in his word with you and, and help you be a better Christian. I'm not saying there's not a voluptuous-looking Christian girl that says about the Lord. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the women that are into themselves and seem like they're Christ-like but really not, stay away from them. Seek Seek first the kingdom. Seek what the Lord will have you to be. And you might be surprised. But if you go after the lust of the flesh and you say, oh, she's so beautiful, she's so beautiful, she's so beautiful, and she's driving you up the wall and making your hair turn gray, but she's so beautiful, she's actually drawing you away from God, I don't know if that's a good choice. Because you're worried about the set. You, you can't wait to get her in bed and naked to see what she looks like. That's not that the the Lord has so much more for us than these things. And I understand if you've been out in the world and you came to Christ and you're trying to live right. Change your perception of women. Change your perception of sex. I believe the 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 enemy has changed sex to what we see on TV. How does anybody even know what sex looks like based off what they see on TV? And I, I really pray for the people that's struggling with pornography because they get loaded with that stuff and they think that's what sex is. Then they took, then they go out and they try to recreate it with some woman or some man. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a shame. Yeah. Sex is a loving thing that that when we specified, you know, brings us close together. It's a demonstration. We're doing this to yoke together for because this is of God. This is holy. It's not some pulling your hair and toss it over the bedpost. Who who made that stuff up and where did we get that from? A rap song? Like, how do we know that's what sex is? But we've been exposed to it and we've been doing it, so that's what sex is. But that's not what God says sex is. I, sex is a pure thing. It's a It's a loving thing. 
those those images in your head and the things you've seen and the women you've been with and the men you've been with and the experiences you had, there if if they are not of God, delete them. Delete them. And the, for the people that are saying, um, I just will move to this point real quick. Um, the people that are saying, okay, if we stop, what else can we do? And we've been doing it. For the people that have been having sex and they want to stop having it, and if you want to think of other things you can do, um, moving on to our last segment, there's plenty of things you can do to abstain. You can definitely get into the Word a lot more. You can go to more Bible studies together. You go to church, hang out with a group of friends. You don't have to be alone late late night over each other's houses all the time. Abstain from anything that will cause you to stumble. If she's wearing something that might cause you to stumble, Tell her, hey, maybe you shouldn't wear that around me anymore. And if you cannot, absolutely cannot stop, just get married. That that's my advice. Um, what 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 tips do you have for people looking to in Christ that want to stop having sex, but they want to they they don't know what to do because they've been doing it wrong for so long? What, what would you have to say to people like that, Wendy? Oh, um. Prayer, number one, you've got to pray to continually put it at the feet of the Lord. And, um, you know, I truly believe that we're called to be led by the Spirit. Um, And when we're being led by the flesh, you know, in the Word it says, you know, you can't serve, you know, God and money, it's the same thing. You can't serve God and sex. You know, you can only have one master. And so Mm. if we're supposed to be led by the spirit and we're being led by the flesh, then we're not truly walking in fullness, the fullness that God wants to give us. And so if you continually seek God, like for every decision that you make, then, you know, when you're thinking late at night, when you're starting to get that urge, you know, um, then you think, consult the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to let you know, no. Now, are you going to listen to the Holy Spirit? And remember what the Word says as well, that when you continually ignore the Holy Spirit, he cannot live in you any longer. He has to leave you if you continually decide to ignore his prompting. Um, <clears throat> you know, he can only dwell within within um, holiness. And when you're continually um, abusing the temple of the Holy Spirit, then you're forcing the Holy Spirit to leave you. And so I really, you know, want to impart that on you guys, that seek the Lord, seek the Lord, ask, oh, my gosh, I can't, I can't. And, you know, then we hear, like, in Philippians, you know, through in Christ, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, it says in the Word, he will always give you a way out. There will be temptation, but there's always going to be a way out. Whether you want to listen to that way out, now that's up to you. So my question is, how strong are you? If you think you're mm. oh you're so bad and and you're you're the talk of the town and you're uh, this 
suave guy or this, you know, girl that's all in control. Are you really in control if you can't even control your own desires? Mm-hmm. How strong are you? Take a look in the mirror and really evaluate yourself. And if that's a weakness, then admit that it's a weakness and get some help. And I'm not saying you have to go to support groups. For some of you, you may have to go to a support group. But for some of you, it's as easy as opening up the word and allowing the word to minister to you and being open to it. Because truly, I can tell you um, that I I struggled um, with something for, I want to say, 25 years of my life. And when Mm. I finally, finally decided and said, I'm weak, I cannot do this, I need to surrender this to God, I need help, because obviously after 25 years, I haven't been able to do anything about it. That's when God was able to come in and heal me and purge me of it and and release me from that addiction. And so how how bad do you want it? You want that that six-pack, you want that flat tummy, whatever it is, but... How bad do you want to be liberated from the spirit of lust, from the spirit of a of oppression? Because it's oppressing you. It's not allowing you to live free. Because if you really could live free, when you said, no, I know this is the wrong decision for me, then you wouldn't make that bad decision. But you continue to make those bad decisions. So really, are you free? Or are you a slave to your desires and to your flesh? Hmm. That's good, Monique. That's real good. Uh, it's so. I think the Lord is definitely moving because I have this scripture. I wanted to, you know, have my final thought with this scripture. Basically, I just want to start by saying, it's the will of God, our Lord, our Master our savior, our creator, our ruler, to flee from sexual immorality. Do not believe the enemy's tricks of thinking it's too hard. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, it says this. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an internal prize. So I run with a purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Hmm. Basically, guys, we need to run to win. Yeah. Growing up, I thought sex is like a gimme sin. Like, uh, no one can abstain until marriage. So you might as well get this one out uh, off the table real quick. Just hurry up and fornicate and then come back. Because everyone does. It just hurts. This is a freebie from God. It's a lie. None, none of the sin is free. None of it. We can make it. If you are struggling, 
with sexual sin. If you are really trying, but you just keep falling, I would encourage you to definitely get an accountability partner, talk to your parents, talk to your friends, talk to your pastor, and and really be hard on yourself where you just completely leave all of that stuff behind and know that you have to finish this race. If you, if anyone's listening and they want to know who Jesus is and why we should be this way and why we should be Christ-like is because Christ died for our sins. He was perfect in every way. And he is the model of how we should be. That's righteous living through Jesus Christ. And if you're not saved, please check out www.walkingiscrist.com and click on the salvation tab. And if you want to learn more of the word of God, it's a complete New Testament Bible study that you have full uh, access to. It's, It's really important that we learn the holy word of God that is perfect and it does not fail. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I I want to close with that. Monique, did you have any last things you wanted to say? Yeah. Um, I know I've been tough on you guys, but it's because I believe in the power and the authority that God has given us. He says that we have all power and authority over everything on this earth and, you know, through him. And so if we have that, then we need to take hold of that. We need to grab a hold of hold of that and know that something as silly as sex should not have a hold on us. That mm-hmm. is that is a gift. It's like saying that the like a gift that I have like rolls me, like my pair of shoes, like my shoes like have a hold over me and like tell me what to do and where to go. Like that's silly, and and I mm-hmm. I know it's a weird comparison, but that's exactly what it is. You know, sex is a gift and. So how can a gift have a hold of you? A gift is meant to to bless you. And so when you're having, with sex within marriage, it's an amazing, beautiful blessing. But outside of it, it, it will bring you curse. It will bring you curses. It comes in in very interesting ways. STDs unwanted pregnancies, which can lead to abortions, to all kinds of different things. Uh, broken relationships, and now children are growing up without mothers, or they're growing up without fathers, or, you know, there's so, I mean, sex may seem like just, oh, yeah, I'm just having my fun, but no. Sex was created so that we could populate this earth. And so you can possibly be getting pregnant, especially when you're drunk and you're not using a condom which happens a lot, right? And so mm-hmm. now there's this child that's going to be affected by something that you thought was just so something that was all fun and games, like you're riding a roller coaster and you walk away from it and you don't ever have to go back to it again. That's not what sex is. It's powerful. <laughs> it's a powerful gift that you are given. Um, and so I just encourage you, take hold of the power and authority that you have over all these things, over the earth, over these spirits, um, through Christ, 
who gives it to us, or the Lord who gives it to us, take hold of it and say, no, I will not be held in bondage from this lust. I will not be held in bondage from, from oppression. I will not be held in bondage. It stops with me. If you feel there's some sort of generational curse over your life, you've got to start praying against that. You know, start binding that and, and sending it back to the pit of hell where it came from. And you start claiming the things over your life that God says of who you are and what you're destined for. So um, just, you know, we're, we're playing with bigger things than what you think. Uh, it, it, it's more than what meets the eyes. And I encourage you to grab hold of that royal power that you have within you through Christ Jesus. Amen. We love you guys. Thank you guys. And we'll end on that note. Y'all have a good night. Welcome to the show. It's straight talk with Joe. Welcome to the show.